So, how are you feeling? Maybe even, uh, even though I can't hear you, maybe just answer out loud, or if you're feeling really free to do that, put something in the comments or in the chat. Because I think that there are so many feelings that we're having that we're probably keeping a lot of them inside of us and not, and not really expressing them in the way that we might because it might be that we're too afraid to express them because we have lots of fear or anxiety. Or maybe we feel guilty because we're sort of happy because maybe actually things are a little easier in some ways for some of us. And we see outside of that that for a lot of people, this is very hard. And we know now and I know now that we we have people in our congregation who have friends that are sick with COVID-19. I think just to be really honest, as I look at the, at the numbers from, from trusted scientists and statisticians, we, most of us are going to know people who get sick, and many of us are going to know people who will die from this disease. And so I think now is the time to begin to really dig in on what we're feeling. And that may sound like a lot of psychobabble and why would, why would we be talking about that in church? But in this passage, there's so much emotion. It's just coming out of it because we're dealing with illness and we're dealing with death in this passage. Lazarus is sick. Lazarus has friends. Lazarus is being cared for by Mary and Martha and of course they're friends of Jesus and they are feeling this tug and this pull because they believe that Jesus is this great healer. And even more than that, they might be thinking that, that he's more than that, but, but they know that he's this great healer. I mean, goodness gracious, he just opened the eyes of a blind man. No one had ever seen that done before, at least according to the scripture. And so they want him to come. They want him to, to heal Lazarus and to, and, to, and to keep him from dying. But a lot like last week's passage, it's, it's interesting to me that Jesus, when, when the disciples come to him and say, we, we need to go. Uh, or here, you know, this is happening. Jesus says, this is for God's glory. You think this is happening, but you're wrong God is going to be glorified in this and the Son of God is going to be glorified in this. And man, that is a hard message for me to hear right now. I don't know about you. And when I, when I really try to connect with how I'm feeling about that, I, I want to trust that so much. And, and I believe that, that as we move through this, and I think we're already seeing, we're seeing people doing things just that are heroic and that are courageous and I believe that God is glorified in those things because it shows us who we can be and who we are, who we were created to be. And yet it's hard to just say that blanket statement, especially to someone who's dealing with sickness and with death right now and is just trying to, to hold on to the moments day by day. And so to connect with with how we're feeling and, and what's going on inside of us, I think is, is really a good thing to be doing right now. 
And so as Jesus then, and again, this, it's so interesting, then he stays where he is and, and it's dangerous for him to go back into Judea. He was just there and they were trying to kill him. And so the disciples are queerly scared. Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas, as we call him sometimes, he's the one who says, let's go with him so we can die with him. Like he's, he's the courageous one here. He's like, okay, let's just, let's just do this. We're going to trust him and follow him into this situation where we could get killed too. And so he, they go and Lazarus is dead. And depending on who you read and, and whatever, they would put someone in a tomb. Again, a tomb at that time was basically usually carved out of, a, out of the side of a hill. And there were just places where you wrapped the body in the, in the death garments and you, and you laid the body in there. But you left the stone to, to the front of it open, usually, even though that, that this didn't happen in, in Jesus's uh, case, but you often left it open for three days just in case the person wasn't really dead. And then after three days, there was a belief that the soul might hang around the body for three days as well. And so in some teachings, and so then after three days, the soul was gone, the body's dead, and then you would roll the, the stone in front. So in this case, it's, it's four days later, the stone is in front of there. But before that, both Mary and Martha come to Jesus and, and in a sense, they're looking for somebody to blame. Underneath of their sadness is maybe a little bit of accusation and, and a bit of anger. Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Just imagine the emotion in their voice and the different feelings that they might be having. Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. How many times have we felt something similar to that? In the midst of something like this, especially in the midst of a, a child being sick or a loved one who's dying or, or some tragic car crash or just something that just seems inexplicable, we might cry out ourselves, Lord, if you had been here, God, where are you? And oftentimes where we get stuck is we get stuck in the tombs of our own perspective. We get stuck thinking in only the ways that we see things. God reminds us in scripture that God does not see what we see. God looks at things very differently and understands things incredibly differently. And again, that's not to minimize our feelings or our emotions, but it is for us as people of faith to begin to wonder, where is it that I'm sort of living in this tomb of death with my perspective? Is the way I'm thinking about things helping to, to give me life or is, it, or is it focusing me on the negative and on death and on fear and on anxiety? Where is it that I'm dead in the tomb? and in need of resurrection. In the book of Ezekiel, in chapter 37, there's, there's this place where God takes Ezekiel to the valley, what's called then, what now is called the Valley of Dry Bones. And there are all these bones. And God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel responds, only, only you know, Lord. Only you know. 
And so and God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones. And the bones begin to get knit together and the bones then are, are given breath in this vision that he's having. He, he begins to see this, that God can resurrect things and bring to life things that look to us completely dead and buried. The metaphor there in Ezekiel was all about Israel and about being in exile and about looking like they are completely dead, like they are not a people any longer and that God can bring them back, bring them back from exile and to know God again. And I'm going to read part of that passage here in a little bit just because I think it's so powerful uh, right now. So then Jesus comes and he gets to the tomb and, and he calls Lazarus out. He calls him out and he raises him from the dead and Lazarus comes out and then Jesus says this, unbind him and let him go. Basically set him free from these death claws so that he might learn how to live again. And I just believe that in this time, When we're being faced with where are we dead in the tomb of our own perspective, what the things are dead inside of us that are that are sort of ruling our minds and emotions, we're being called to know what it means to live. Jesus is calling us out of those tombs to a resurrection life, to a new life. We are being called to know what it is to live and to live is to be free of what binds us. It is to be free of everything that points towards death and anxiety and fear and trepidation. It is to be free of all of those things and to step into this life in a new way. And so what do you need right now to let Jesus resurrect in you? Is it hope? Is it joy? Is it love? Is it the ability to live lightly and is it the ability to live right in this time and this place and not let the anxiety of tomorrow or the next day or a month from now overwhelm you? What do you need to let Jesus resurrect in you? What do you need to do to be unbound and to be set free, to live into this resurrected life? Our hope, our hope is in the one who is the resurrection and the life, the one who sets the prisoners free, the one who resurrects from the dead, the one who is the resurrection and the life here and now. I want to read just a bit from that Ezekiel passage. This is Ezekiel 37, starting with the first verse. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley and they were very dry. And he said to me, mortal, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, you know. And he said to me, prophesy to the bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and you will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I 
in the Lord. Children of God, we are being called from death to life. Let us rise up and let us become free. Amen.